listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 322. Kayla Lords here with the one, the only, the that joke was not that funny. You don't joke about that, John Brownstone. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. He joked that the 17-year-old could be one of our patrons and we just might not even know it because the kid used the code word crickets to reference our podcast. I'm sure he hears when he's around. I know. That. I don't want to think about it, though. Thanks. <laughs> so that was not a funny joke. Hi, Parenting is Kingsters 101. Just <laughs> assume they know and just grit your teeth. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're here for today. <laughs> this week, it's, not. it's actually a Q&A episode. We are answering questions we received from uh, that handle I fucking hate over at Instagram and uh, from the community tab on YouTube. And we might, we're not sure yet. We haven't decided. We might take questions from the hmm. live chat. See how things go. From the stream. We'll find out. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one, so it's at Loving DS1. You gotta let go of all that angst. No, no, my, my anger is righteous and burning and cathartic. (laughs) Fucking hate that handle. Uh, Or you can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big thanks as always to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. Apparently our kid knows about you. (laughs) We're able to do this weird thing on the internet in large part because of y'all. And we're grateful to every fucking one of you. If you are not currently a kinky patron and would like to become one and get access to extra content and a discord server and help us do this thing that we do, you can do that. Just go to patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. And away we go. Okay, hello. Uh, before we get into answering the questions we received, um, one a programming note, a couple of programming notes. This program might get interrupted for a hot minute uh, if and when our doorbell rings because mm-hmm. we're waiting on uh, a big truck to come pick up uh, some donatable items that we're giving to Habitat for Humanity for them to do what with what they will. And the only time they can come is between 12 and 2. So we record <laughs> at 12. Um, my phone may ring. They may text. They may just knock on the door. We don't know. They might not come until 201. Whatever. We don't know. We're living on the edge over here. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, in not this week, not next week, but the week after, what are the numbers of the days of that part of September? I don't know. We will be on a break. So we've got the Q&A this week. We're going to do a BDSM Reddit response next week because we like to have fun. And then the following week, we'll have a week we'll off. A I'll tell y'all next week. Don't worry. I'm like, I'm just yeah. programming notes. Um... I think that's all I had and no uh, actual announcements okay. other than that. Look at me. And uh, I'm going to turn on the fan. Okay. So, folks, if you hear a hum in the background, that's the fan trying to keep us cool in here. Yay! Because it's still freaking summertime temperatures in Florida. Even though everybody wants to say it is not summer anymore. Yeah. Um, we asked for questions over on Instagram at that handle. I fucking hate. Um <laughs> That is where we often ask for questions. So if you happen to be on Instagram, feel free to follow us there. Loving DS and the number one at loving DS one. Um, and then you can 
get your questions. We also ask for questions on the community tab in YouTube. We're going to start in those two places, depending on how long it takes us to answer these questions and how we're feeling and whether or not our doorbell has rung yet. <laughs> um, we may take questions from the live chat. When and if we do, at that moment, we will explain how that will work. If anybody in the live chat asks questions while we're answering these questions, I guarantee you we will not see them. We probably won't answer them. So if you are watching the live stream and you have a question, write it down somewhere, hold on to it until we actually ask for them. Um, so let's start with, I have to go into my phone and find the questions. There we go. Let's start with these questions. Ah. First one, what was your first scene like? Were you nervous? So when, I don't know if they mean our individual first time ever mm -hmm. seeing or our first scene together. So let's answer both. Your very first scene, when was that? Um, and what was that like and were you nervous? Both times, yes, either or. Uh, first scene I ever had with somebody, yes, I was very nervous. Um, first scene I had with you at Dungeon. See, and how do you, how do you define a scene? I define a scene anytime we got together. Our very first time was well, in true. my townhouse. Yeah. Um, the first public scene okay. with you. Oh, sure. Um, I was very nervous. For I that. was nervous. Um, I, in, in all actuality, I almost kind of chickened out. Yeah, you were a little hesitant. Yeah. I was the most hesitant at first. Right. And you were very quick to reassure me we did not have to play this first time at the right. dungeon, which is true always. And then I kind of like started. Uh, 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 and I was and, like. And, and you, after seeing some of the things going on, you were like, I want to do this. I know. It's so funny because I'm not a voyeur <laughs> at all. We've talked about that. Like, I am the antithesis of a voyeur. Yeah. Please don't make me watch. Mm -hmm. But if I have to end up watching, what ends up happening is I'm not turned on by what I'm seeing. I'm not like, mm -hmm. ooh, baby, let me lean in and get closer to the action. I'm like, no, 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 I want to do this. Serious FOMO. Like, serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to do this too. So had you ever publicly seen before you and I? No. Okay. So let's consider a private scene where you were mm -hmm. in a place, just you and a partner. Right. When was your first one and what was that scene um, to the best of your recollection? Probably about two years before I met you. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, yeah, I was nervous because that was actually also the first time I actually um, seen with someone. Right. You'd been um, mostly online, long distance relationships. Mostly online, power long distance. Stuff, right? Now, you know, did kind of... Um, do like you know a few little things here and there in sure, between but not well, the way you've described it it's your early days the first easily 10 years of your kink experience was mostly power exchange though. yeah yeah correct and um yeah i was i was nervous mm -hmm. what made it go well was thankfully excuse me folks um, the person I was with at that time, they were very good about giving me feedback mm -hmm. and what they wanted, mm -hmm. which then made it easier for me to kind of get in the groove and get things going. Mm -hmm. What did you actually do? Um, <laughs> uh, they got their ass cropped. Okay. okay. Big time. Okay. 
but so it was yeah it was intense but it was fairly simple you basically mm -hmm. that first time just using a crop yeah so my very first scene ever private as well it was um my first ds relationship i am a little fuzzy on the details because i have a memory like a freaking sieve um i remember i remember a flogger mm, and okay. a vibrator ah so that was delightful um yeah that was delightful i for a long time <laughs> still had that vibrator it was a behemoth it was a huge black vibrator that oh yeah it was delightful i remember that yeah you remember that yeah, yeah until it died and I had, mm -hmm. to, I had to say goodbye to it um our first scene was the first time we met when you came to visit me yeah um and it started <laughs> look this is not anything i'd recommend to other people but we did it and we survived to tell the tale uh we'd been texting i knew he was on his way i texted him and said when you get here just open the door like i gave i made sure because i lived in a row of town homes so i was like you'll know you're at the right one because this is what my car looks like and this is my door and just come in don't knock just come in and the reason was is i was absolutely kneeling on the floor wearing just a button-up shirt mm -hmm. and it was when these crunchy knees could still do this and the thighs <laughs> could still handle it i was kneeling on the floor um hands down palms up eyes down waiting that was the longest fucking wait of my life not just from anticipation but also because the thighs were screaming um and it started with a uh a spanking yeah and uh we said i had to safe word because you went way way too hard too fast i, I was very enthusiastic yeah yes. and i was <laughs> yeah. there for it until i was not yeah um and it was it's the what started our mm -hmm. week of fuckery um our first scene in the dungeon together was mutually our first public scene right i was nervous i was nervous when we first got to the dungeon and i was uncertain of what to expect right then i saw people of all body shapes and types like just taking off their clothes mm -hmm. and having in this amazing experience and like i said the fomo was real so i was like mm -hmm. i want to do that um we tried to go up to an uh, upstairs alcove that was really the most private right. there but it was uh being used heavily by very beautiful people like these are like model-esque people just walking around naked i was like i wish i was a voyeur because i would watch you but this actually just makes me deeply <laughs> uncomfortable i will leave now um and we ended up going out onto the, the main, main floor. floor but yeah. in a corner there was a saint andrew's cross to this day our top pick is usually going to be a saint andrew's cross a spanking bench is the second option mm -hmm. um and i don't know if we if we now just gravitate to saint andrew's crosses because of yes we enjoy it but it's a, the sentimentality of that like the go-to yeah right or if yeah. we just really enjoy it doesn't matter love it um i'm in my collar i'm in my cuffs you've hooked me to i think at all four points for that right. first one i don't remember the toys you used i i think the moment i took off my clothes all i had on was a pair of panties mm -hmm. a thong um and you hooked me in i think i was already in some light level of subspace because I remember it and I don't remember Just it. Just the ambiance. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was there. Like, yeah. you hadn't even touched me yet and I was there. I remember it being mm -hmm. kind of serious for us. Now we're very playful when we see, but we were very, a little bit stoic, a little bit yeah. like by the book and being very, very careful. Uh, but we definitely got into it. And um, by the end of it, we actually had 
somebody who was super fun and super cute, a definite like baby girl, a switch baby girl. <laughs> she was also a, like hard ass femdom. Holy shit. Uh, but she was in baby girl mode that night and she oh, yeah. just kept commenting on our energy. The music was perfect. It was the mm -hmm. kind of music we mm -hmm. like that angry, throbbing, driving kind of music. Yeah. Um, I, I was very nervous about getting started. Uh, yeah. Once, I remember you being tentative. One, once got going, mm -hmm. it was like pff, everybody, every, everything around us was gone. There was yeah, just us. I was not even aware of it. Like, I forgot that we were on the main floor. I forgot right. that we were under lights. I forgot that people could mm -hmm. watch. But then it was funny because I, at some point I must have understood that people could watch. And, and the part of me that loves that, loves that was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, after that, that became, in future public scenes, that became kind of part of it. Like I would be, mm -hmm. there might be nobody sitting in the, the social area or anybody sitting there might not have at all been looking our way, but I always played it up like they could be. So mm -hmm. I was like, let me arch my back a little bit more. Let me, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. But yeah, I, I remember you kind of going through the different toys that you had me lay out. That's since the beginning, that's always been part of it. Uh, I lay out the toys based on whatever you tell me. Right. Um, Pre-scene, I set the space and sort of wait for you. And it's kind of the, there's the power aspect of it and control aspect. There's also sort of the showmanship of it because you send me out there to go mm -hmm. lay claim to the spot and I busy myself like the good little service subby that I am. And then I literally am waiting for you and you... You are not by nature somebody who swaggers. You you got <laughs> you are a, a humble king and we love that about you. But that yeah. those times when you know you're basically taking the stage and you're walking across this public space and potentially either people could be watching you or you've literally interrupted your conversation and go, I'll be right back. I got something I gotta go do. It's not a swagger, but it could be. And there's a whole like <laughs> attitude there and I fucking love it. Um, I wish that for a while we went semi-regularly to mm -hmm. um, at least one of the clubs before we moved here. And we it was sort of known, wait, they're probably gonna give us a bit of a show and people would stop to sometimes watch. They were like, what are these two? Yeah. Like, what's the energy gonna be? We don't have that regularity anymore. So nobody no. but us gives a shit, which is fine, even though my exhibitionist heart is like, I wish somebody would give a shit. And then my exhibitionist heart is like, I don't need anybody to, I'll just pretend. <laughs> I'll pretend I have an audience. Um, but yeah, that first time I, you, you did not come, excuse me, you did not come across as nervous. You did not come across as tentative. I only knew that you were a little hesitant in the very beginning, because I know how you are when we play at home. Yeah. And I, again, the it's been so many years now, the memory is not clear and fresh anymore, but I have a memory of kind of knowing when you went from, is this right? To, oh, I, I know where I am. I know what mm -hmm, I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And that was a nice feeling. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to this day, public play continues to be like, I, I that is something I actively miss. Yeah. I actively miss that. I wish we did more of it. Okay, next question. We took a long time to answer that one. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is more of a throw their hands up in the air and ask this question. I don't think there's a real answer, but we can uh -oh. still talk about it. It says, why do middles have such a hard time finding information about what they are? It, you know what? I think it's one of those things where the stereotype of what it means to be a little is, is a stereotype 
and a cliche because there are lots of people who most identify with that. So that takes up a lot of the conversation. I think there are people who are talking about being a middle. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's as popular because when somebody talks about little, air quote that, because that's just a, a wide range that would then encompass middles as well, most people gravitate towards the most obvious difference and change in shift in behavior, tone, activities, actions, whatever. And it's most stark for a lot of people on the younger end of that little range, whereas middles can be a stark difference, but not necessarily. Sometimes somebody's acting in the way a middle might act and it's not immediately obvious or does not most often come with gear that is a stark difference to what an adult aged, mm -hmm. you, you know, does that make sense? Like, I know I'm like completely fucking up how to talk about that, but people who have little space and whatever that might mean for them, like I don't age regress. I don't change the words I use. I don't have that part and not all littles do, but some definitely do. And then there are some toys and gear and, clothing choices and all kinds of things that when somebody is a little in the, like I said, in the younger end of that spectrum, it's very obvious that might be less obvious than middles. Um, but there are people talking about being a middle. Yeah. It's just not quite as popular and it is not always as easy to find. And right. you I, sometimes have to wade through a massive little group to find the five people who are like, actually, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think it's one of those things where you have to, you know, really search for the information. Um, I would bet dollars to donuts there's some middle groups on places like FET. Oh, for sure, know, for or, sure. Or any any kind of, you know, social media place like that. Mm -hmm. You know, the cage, any of those. And I think part of it is it's hard to search for middles because the broad search term is littles. Yeah. And littles encompasses all of it. Right. Where you type into maybe a Google search or a FET search middles, you, it's harder to find stuff, mm -hmm. maybe. I do think more and more people are starting to talk about it because we're getting more and more nuanced about what it means to be a little, which age range right. people might fit into, um, whether you can be a little and re then reject all of the, the stereotype cliche stuff or, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but I feel like that question was mostly just out of frustration. Where yeah. are they? They are out there. Um, they're just sometimes harder to find. But I think, yeah, I think the BDSM oriented places, Fat Life, The Cage, yeah. places like that are going to be some Discord servers, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of getting um, keyed into those. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes the hard part. Yep. Um, so I want to answer this question, but I don't completely understand this question because it is a situation where somebody is using acronyms. I think with the assumption that everybody would know what every acronym means. <laughs> and I only okay. know what one of the acronyms means. So the question as written is tips on navigating feelings as a SMR sub in a relationship with an ENM dom. And the feelings are mutual. ENM is ethical non-monogamy. I got mm. that one. Okay. The SMR? I'm not 100% sure what that means. Google was not my friend. Hmm. <laughs> I believe we're talking about one partner's basically monogamous. The other one is not. 
and navigating those feelings. If somebody mm. in the live chat And there might be is, a serial monogamous relationship, maybe? Maybe, yeah. maybe. But I, my sense yeah. was we're talking about monogamy versus non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the submissive is monogamous and the dom is non-monogamous. And navigating your feelings, I'll, I'll say this, because we call me poly, uh, poly in uh, or non-monogamous in theory, not in practice. So essentially I live a monogamous life. Yeah. Um, but not fully because I'm open to the uh, idea of having other partners. So I don't, I'm not completely navigating the feelings that somebody who's, who is fully monogamous mm -hmm. might have. That being said, the way I have learned how to navigate my feelings in our particular situation is a few things. One, I own my feelings. I do not shame myself out of my feelings. I feel what I feel. Right. The lesson I've had to learn slowly over time, many years at this point, is that even though I feel a thing in the moment, I do not always need to, nor should I make you a part of my feelings at the moment I'm feeling them. The mm. reason being, because I'm usually feeling the feelings while you're off doing something with another partner. <laughs> and I purposely do not want to make time that you're spending with another person about me to you. Um, now, yeah. once you're home again, or once you're not in the middle and involved with that relationship in the moment, in the present moment, then I can come talk to you and I do tell and you what I'm feeling. I absolutely. don't hide them. No, you don't. You you don't hide your feelings and and we do talk about them and we really don't stop talking about it until we work through it in right. some way. The um the other thing about that is that just because mm. I have a not so great feeling about whether it's jealousy or insecurity or I don't like that this messed up my routine. I have also made the decision because of the relationship we have. And I can only, I feel like I can only do this and get better at it each time something comes up. It's because we have such a solid relationship. And that is, I don't expect you to change things to make me feel better. A lot of the times the feelings I'm having have are not about anybody but me, right? I don't like the fact that our routine had to change uh, when you went away on a three-day trip. Well, I cannot like that and that's just life. I can say that because you continue to be who you are in our relationship. You do not change how you treat me. You do not change your feelings for me. You are not toxic. You are not pitting one partner against another. You don't, mm -hmm. to me, outwardly, you don't compare us. I, I am my, our relationship is a distinct thing from other relationships right. you have. So that means that the feelings I'm having are really only about me. Now, sometimes there are feelings that crop up. This is why I don't hide my feelings from you that are a moment where I've learned that a thing I thought I would be okay with in terms of a boundary, I am not okay right. with. So we have to talk about that because we may need to shift our boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, like my one big boundary I have is I don't care who you're with or what you're doing with them or what the nature of your relationship is with them. Do not spring a new relationship on me out of nowhere. Right. Because the way my brain works is I immediately go, what else haven't you told me? I don't need to know all the inner workings. I'm not involved in the conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you've set up your 
power exchange and I don't know what kinks you're involved in, but if you're talking to somebody, I, I want to know. You just want to know that, right. Simply because our lives are so intertwined that when you start talking to somebody, it absolutely takes your attention away. And if I don't know why your attention is being taken away, again, then you, yeah. my brain, the way I operate is like, what, why, who, what? But the moment mm -hmm. I know, I go, I know, I'm good. Right. Um, I did not know I needed to know quite that quickly until the first time I didn't and it felt like something was sprung on me. Yeah. Um, but again, me realizing I need a new boundary for me and the relationship we have mm -hmm. does not mean I'm going to bulldoze my way into whatever you're doing with another partner to go, hi, I need this to be all about me right now. What I have learned again, because we are, are in a good relationship with one another and there's not other issues <laughs> or red flags or things that need to be dealt with. What I have learned is the longer I can just sit with my feelings while you're off doing your thing, I can come to terms with them and I can start to get ideas of where they're actually coming from. Mm -hmm. I'm not sad because you've gone off to be with somebody else. I'm sad because I wish I could have gone off to be with somebody else. Yeah. I'm not jealous because I wish I was there. This, this was a few times, this was pre-COVID. This is the realization. I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad that you're with somebody else. I'm insecure because I worry you'll like them better than me or they're more fun than me. That's a me problem, not an external problem with something about the relationship or a boundary being violated. So navigating the feelings from my perspective has been admitting I'm fucking having them, honestly communicating them with you at the right time, mm -hmm. but also sitting with them long enough to kind of know what they really mean. Not that initial knee jerk reaction that makes yeah. it external when it's really a, a me thing. Again, that only works if everything else in the relationship is solid. Like if there are red flags and bad behavior coming from a partner who's like, no, really I'm eth uh, dude, ethical non-monogamy, but really they just cheat and they don't want you to do it too. And it's like a controlling thing and it's gross. Like those, Nah, 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 nah. that's much harder <laughs> but when you're in a good place with the relationship and you want it to move forward and you want it to last and and you're willing to engage in this kind of relationship even if you yourself happen to be monogamous then learning your timing on when to talk about your feelings <laughs> and to really get into what your feelings mean and not that initial knee-jerk reaction makes a lot a big difference, I think, but also just fucking own your emotions. Don't, yeah. there's a lot of times people will say things like, well, I shouldn't feel jealous because I'm non-monogamous. Yeah, you can feel jealous. Jealousy is not an inherently bad thing. It's how we behave around jealousy that can be a mm -hmm, negative. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a feeling that's trying to tell you something. Something's lacking, something, there's an insecurity you need to work on. Maybe there's a, a boundary you need to adjust with your partner. There's something you need to feel a little bit more comfortable. Maybe it's some shit you gotta work through. Now that's from my perspective as a submissive in a similar kind of situation. Do you have anything from the, how to navigate these feelings from your perspective? Um, well, you know, I, for me, it's even when, when I'm with somebody or, you know, I'm off doing my own thing, I, I still maintain contact with you. Yeah. All right. And I think that is very important. You know, it may not, uh, I, I'm sorry, my nose is itching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
um, you know, I, I do my best to to maintain contact with you. I, you know, say good morning to you at night. Make sure we say good night. You know, obviously, if there's something that crops up that's important. Sure. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, we need to talk. We need to deal with this. You know, and I'm not just like, it can wait till later. Right, you right. Know. It's the knowing what's important from my perspective. I've got to decide, mm-hmm. is it really important enough to bother you with it? Or am I yeah. just attention seeking because I'm feeling insecure and uncomfortable? <laughs> and I, yeah. over the years, I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. Have you ever and had strange feelings, like unexpected feelings crop um, up for you? I can't think of any okay. off the top of my head. I, I think the one thing I, I would have to say about any of this, and, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit with, you know, with the boundaries, um, when we first started down this path, so to speak, um, you know, we thought we were uh, doing the right thing. We sat and talked about all this, and, you know, we, we, we talked about, our boundaries and what they were and and that and we thought ooh, we did the we did the good thing we talked about this we set boundaries and 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 we know what you know is going to be uh first time i was with somebody that um blown to hell oh god yeah because (laughs) the plan in our head just could not possibly match reality so (laughs) you know um and, and I think what came out of that for us is that, you know, all, all these things, no matter how much you talk about it, um, no matter how much you think you have your bases covered, um, you need to remember that uh, things are going to have to be fluid. Yeah. You, you know. Um, and you think you know how you'll react and sometimes. Sometimes you don't. No, um, no, you react very the, differently. The, <laughs> the reality of how you react is different than what you think it may be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of, of keep in mind that, you know, you you can do your best to, you know, lay the groundwork, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but be aware that at any given time, you need to be open enough to be fluid with that and, and talk and adjust. Yeah, you have to. You're especially in the beginning when you kind of were figuring yourself out, mm-hmm. whether it's the beginning of a relationship or the beginning of venturing into ethical non-monogamy right. in some way. I know some people get really annoyed when you add the ethical part because it should be assumed. I mm-hmm. get that. I'm still adjusting my language. So sometimes I say poly, sometimes I say open. Sometimes, ah. yeah. But y'all know what I mean, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, where we're at now is years in the making. Right. And even then, if mm-hmm. anybody recalls the episode where we talked about this, I think it was in the bonus section, we ended up talking about this a little bit. After all these years and the the comfort and solidity of our relationship, mm-hmm. and I know who I am in this relationship, I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm freaking yeah. out a little bit. And, and what you have to remember, you know, me being in the position I am, because I'm, I'm in a, a, you know, eight almost nine year relationship with you and then whoever i'm with so you know it it's got to be flexible to like you know oh we need to adjust this here oh we need to adjust this here yeah and <laughs> you know so I, it, I it's really it's a it. it's a lot of it's a lot sometimes right and i think it's it's one of those things where and it's you a, have to be aware of that right and you have to be honest about how you feel i think too many people convince themselves that they 
can try opening up their relationship and being non-monogamous either to save the relationship to make the other person happy mm-hmm. too many submissives thinks that that's what they're supposed to do as a submissive fuck that shit yeah, no. and they try to do something that is not a thing they really want to be doing well you're going to find that a that's not going to be anything you can genuinely adjust to. Um, there's, but there's also the, I'm willing to try it. And then I find out that it's hard to do. That does not mean you're not air quote this good at, mm-hmm. or really uh, non-monogamous. It is challenging for people who go into it wholeheartedly. I did not go into it wholeheartedly. We had a threesome. I watched you make out with somebody. I felt compersion and I went, I love this feeling. And I love that you are happy. Okay, let's now set some boundaries Mm -hmm. and some ground rules. Right. Um, And we started from there. And I actually learned in the middle of the threesome and in the middle of the weekend that we had with that person, a thing that I have to have to to feel comfortable. And that's the, I need to know what's going on. And also in a threesome, I did not like feeling left out and being surprised by it. Right. And we had to adjust that one on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you had asked me prior to that threesome, I'd have gone, no, I don't, I think I'm monogamous. Um, And I don't know. I just, there's a lot to navigate there. And I think the biggest part of it is just own your feelings. Like, yeah like admit them to yourself and let yourself feel what you feel. Sometimes that means that you're gonna realize you're not really non-monogamous. Sometimes you're gonna just realize it's really fucking hard. Um, Sometimes you're gonna realize that the feelings you have are really about you. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes they're about some bullshit your partner's pulling on you. And that's, you know, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, just because you are willing to do non-monogamy and you're coming into it with, you know, enthusiastically even doesn't mean it's automatically easy because we're all navigating the stuff from our past that we're, we react to without even thinking the bad mm-hmm, tapes. Mm-hmm. I think I'm rambling now, so I'm going to move on. Okay. Anyway, next question. If the opportunity was ever available, would you have a personal dedicated playroom for kink? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> purple and black mm-hmm. mostly purple um yes and we would never have to hide our toys or put them away like mm-hmm. in containers they would just live there ready to play when is when is the oldest leaving for college <laughs> that room cannot become the playroom <laughs> not until both of these children are gone and even then we have to keep at least one room open so they can come visit me because right. that's why we bought this damn house i'm just saying okay <laughs> so that was easy yeah. yes <laughs> Uh, there would be a St. Andrew's cross for sh- certain. Yeah. There'd be a spanking, spanking bench. bench. There would be really well thought out, laid out racks for everything oh, to yeah. go on and hang on and be there. There would probably at this point be the thing that's the that comes down, you put on the ceiling that you can do it. It's not for suspension. Literally, you just attach oh, like your wrist to like it. They, like they used to have at the old club we, we yes, went to. Yes, and I don't know what yeah. it's called. but I, like, It's like a pulley. Just you mind your wrist and pull pull your arms up over your head. And then you get a 360 degree. Tie it off. Yeah. yeah, there would definitely yeah. be that. Oh, yeah. Our backyard is not going to be able to handle all the things we want to do for it. So first of all, we have the little shed that you work out of that we want to buy a bigger the shed. The tiny shop. Yeah, for the tiny shop to get a, <laughs> like, a decent sized shop. But we don't want to get rid of the tiny shop. We want to actually put like stuff in it. Then 
apparently we're gonna need another shed <laughs> for our playroom that we're gonna have to soundproof so we don't scare the neighbors right or the wildlife but yes that would that yes okay so now i'm gonna move on to questions that we got uh, over on the uh, youtube community tab okay first question um this one's actually kind of easy as well just in a different no. direction uh question do you think you can realistically vet for every situation that can impact your dynamic no, no. it is impossible right. it is impossible you can try to think of some potential things and try to talk through them but you'll never be able to vet for everything what what, what that is that happen. what is that saying how does that saying go the best laid plans of mice and men something like that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. then the other one that no battle plan survives contact with the enemy <laughs> like, <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean the reason yeah. you and i talk about this and a lot of other kinky people on the internet who decide to share their thoughts and knowledge and experiences talk about things to consider is because we fucking went through it We'd like you to be aware you could go through it, right. but we could talk nonstop for literal days and not touch on everything that you might go through. Like my mm -hmm. imagination's not even good enough yeah. to come up with what you might go you know, through. You can, you can sit and plan to the nth degree, which there is nothing wrong with that. No, I'm a big um, planner. I love okay, me some planning. You know, plan away, but just, you know, be aware that somewhere along the way, there could very easily be a monkey wrench thrown into the gears. And, yeah. you know, you have to adjust on the fly. You're going to have to talk it through. You're going to go yeah. through an uncomfortable situation, a air quote this because this is so subjective, a bad situation. You're going to have something get completely foobarred. You're going right. to have something that you could not ever predict. And it doesn't mean you failed at your dynamic. You failed at the scene. It means that shit fucking happens. Right. And it's what you do Murphy. When it happens and afterwards, that actually matters the most. You, Murphy's law. Murphy's law, right. <laughs> Whatever can go wrong, will, will go, go wrong. wrong. The, the key that matters is what did you do in the moment when something went wrong? Did you um, stop when the safe word was used? Did you check right. in with your partner? Did you, you know, take care of yourself slash each other to make sure that you're healthy, whole, safe, right? Then it's, what did you do afterwards? Did you talk about it or did you try to act like nothing went wrong? Did you accept any responsibility you may bear in this situation or did you try to deflect? Are you trying to learn from it so that you can hopefully avoid something like it in the future or are you gonna just ignore it? And like, that's the stuff that fucking matters. So no, you cannot vet for every possible fucking situation. Um, I think that it is helpful to, to have community, whether it's a community like ours or it's mm -hmm. your in-person community or it's a Discord server. Hi, shout out to those of you I know are out there. Like all of that, whatever your community is, that's where we go. That's why we say it's so important. One of the reasons that's where you learn what is could possibly happen good or bad. So you maybe have the opportunity to think about it in advance, but even then never, cause shit fucking happens. Yeah. And it definitely happens in the middle of a kinky scene. It definitely happens when two or more people are trying to relate to one another on an emotional uh, level. Like it's, yeah, yeah. And it's not anything you, you cannot predict at all. No. But the more access you have to community where you can talk to other people or learn from other people, one, you tend to find out real quick that uh, the things you're going through are probably more common than you realize. So the second thing you realize is you're not alone. And the third thing you realize is that you might have access to a wealth of knowledge and information about how to potentially handle something like it in the future. 
So yeah. yeah. Ta-da! Yeah. That sounded like a mini rant, but I'm not mad at anybody, so I don't know. I was very impassioned. <laughs> okay. This one got me thinking. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. So, so they said, this is a gnarly one that's causing me a headache, and mm. I can see why. It says, I'm aware that my mental health has been massively impact impacted by everything that is COVID and more or less the last two years of lockdown and life on hold. I'm reasonably sure I'm a masochist and totally certain I'm a bottom, but I'm very worried about seeking partners for S&M play because I cannot tell if my craving for certain sensations and interactions is a form of self-harm by proxy. Uh, my question is twofold. Uh, how can I tell if it is or isn't? And two, uh, if I'm completely honest, um, and upfront about my mental health uh, with any potential play partner and we're both making informed decisions, does it matter? So let's just go ahead and preface this where there for this question will probably be some light mentions of things like self-harm. If you cannot handle that, I would say fast uh, mute or fast forward or wherever, however you're listening or watching to get mm -hmm. forward like five to 10 minutes. Cause I totally understand if you can't. So first of all, oh, this is complicated and nuanced. Yeah. One, we're not experts uh, on the mental health or physical uh, aspect of self-harm. So uh, if you are working with um, a therapist, it would be lovely if they were kink aware. Kink friendly yeah. is better. Kink aware, like, or which one is it? You want them kink aware or kink friendly? You want them to not go, what? And you want to ideally not have to educate them about what kink is. <laughs> and I would say to me, the answer is it's complicated because on the surface, when you think about what self-harm can be or is, it is often, not often, it is sometimes, from my understanding, used as a way to take control back in an uncontrollable world, mm -hmm. to make other feelings or thoughts or whatever kind of go away temporarily. Um, it again, from my very limited understanding, can absolutely be associated with feelings of shame. Um, if we weren't talking about what most of us probably understand as self-harm and we were just saying, you could also use those same words to talk about certain kinky acts. Why? Because you do them so that you can get a feeling to maybe drown out other feelings in your head. You do it because you want to do it. I mean, sometimes I've, I've, read things and met people who cannot articulate why they self-harm, they just know they want to do it. Well, I've also met people who cannot articulate why they like to be beat over the ass with a paddle until they cry, they just know they do. So there's nuance here that if you're not already working with a therapist and have access to a therapist, I would probably say start there. That being said, the key to are you going out to do this as an act of self-harm or as a consensual act of you want to feel those sensations comes in the form of how do you feel about it before during and after if it feels similar to how you feel when you engage in acts of self-harm as a coping mechanism as a uh, 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 a there's a word I can't think of, but basically as an act of something connected to your mental health or lack thereof. Um, if it's a similar feeling, I would be very, very careful <laughs> and look for, if you can, a kink aware, kink friendly therapist, counselor who can help you navigate this. Mm -hmm. If however, you have 
you don't have similar types of feelings that you might have with self-harm. You can and will stop because you know you need to or because it's the time to stop or your partner has chosen to stop or that's what is the safest thing for you to do. If it is a thing that when you're done leaves you with a net positive feeling um, that does not trigger other aspects of mental illness or emotional things or whatever, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say is if you're worried about partners, that's where your vetting process and trust comes in and becomes super important. It comes in handy and it's very, very important because you need a partner that you can trust to check in with you, to stop if they're uncomfortable, to stop when you say stop. And ideally long-term, if you're really concerned about Mm-hmm. Am I using this as a substitute for self-harm or not? And that, and yeah. is that a problem for me that I'm doing mm-hmm. that? You're going to want a partner that you can have these honest conversations with because you're a right. team at that point. Mm-hmm. You either, in my mind, would either have to take a step back from playing if you're not sure you can trust yourself mm-hmm. to not take things too far or to right. whatever. And also you need a partner that maybe learns you well enough that they can spot signs that maybe you don't even know you're mm-hmm. giving off. So here's here's what I wanna would just like to add to that. Sure. Not not that you know um, one, it was mentioned in the live chat about a book called Hurts So Good. Okay. And apparently there is a chapter in there devoted to self harm versus masochism. I would like to read that book just in general. Me too. Um, the other thing I like to say, and, and you kind of touched on this, um, you know, I, I think bringing this up in negotiating the scene is important. Mm-hmm. And, and here's my thoughts on it as a, as a top. Mm-hmm. Um, we have played together for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. And I know there are times when you say to me, Give me more. I can take whatever you you can give me in the middle of a scene. Mm-hmm. And I know you well enough to say to to make the the call in my head, yeah, we we can push this further. Mm-hmm. And I think there is, you know there there is a, a, a lot of um, discussion about when you negotiate a scene that, during the scene if a partner says well i want more do this give me more of that um that you know you shouldn't do that Mm -hmm. and and i think this is a a prime example of that Mm -hmm. um you know if if you know somebody has has a a history of self-harm but they are a masochist that you negotiate the scene even in the middle of the scene that is not the time to to change things the, up, things up, sure. and and you stick to the mm-hmm. to the heart of, of what has been negotiated and stay with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be my feelings I, and as, I, as a top. And I I think so too because there's the depending on the closeness of the two people involved. Like, is this a one-off casual play pickup mm-hmm. play situation? Mm-hmm. You care about the other person in the in as much as you care about any other human being and their humanity and you know 
respecting them and all that. But when it comes to long-term, this is somebody that I've gotten to know this, we've formed some sort of connection and now we're playing long, you know, consistently yeah. in some way, I'm going to care very deeply that I don't do something or ask you to do something that could cause you harm. You know what right. I mean? Like I'm not trying to ask you to go so hard and so, and and so rough that you walk away from that. And I think this is true. You should care about this in casual play, but yeah. I, the dynamic is different when it's a long-term relationship. I think mm -hmm. I don't want you to walk away from that going, Oh my God, did I just cause harm right. to somebody that I promised I would never cause harm to or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, I do think that it's a complicated it's more complicated than it maybe sounds because not all, and I don't want, I don't want to diminish the, the very real lived experiences of people who engage in self-harm and the reasons behind that. But there's also, from my limited understanding, some of the language I've heard used around self-harm is not that dissimilar to why you want somebody to beat your ass till it hurts, right? Mm -hmm. It's right up there with BDSM is, can be therapeutic. It is not therapy. A lot of times we just do shit because it feels good and it makes mm -hmm. us happy and it's no mm -hmm. deeper than that and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I ask to be hurt, air quote that, because I'm not, there's no lasting damage, but I ask for physical pain that I will experience over and over and over again until I feel a release. Now, I think the difference is, is that it is not the only coping mechanism I have. I will absolutely play within um, guardrails and have safety involved and consent involved, meaning right. I will use a safe word. Um, I, even if I'm the one asking for this um, sensation to be applied, until I have whatever reaction I'm hoping for, I will absolutely stop at myself. I will keep my safety forefront in my mind. I will keep your safety forefront in mm -hmm. my mind. Uh, I will respect the um, the reality of you feeling like I, you can't go any further. I will not have a negative reaction because you stopped. I might be disappointed, but I won't. I won't spiral. I won't feel out of control. I won't be resentful. Like I'm. I. I won't do that because I will respect your boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. And I know you're making those decisions with my best interest at heart. Right. And I also have that feeling of, I want to be safe. It's, I don't throw away all sense of safety yeah. because I ask for this thing. And I think if you are a person who has been on the side of self-harm and is now like, but wait, I want these sensations in this kinky manner, that might be some of what you want to consider. Like, can you, protect yourself in this moment? Can you allow somebody else to protect you in this moment? Um, can you do it in a way that there's all risk inherent in all BDSM, I don't care what you're doing, but can you either not engage in the riskiest behavior, maybe because you know that that's probably not the best thing for you, or can you set healthy limits, whatever that means, that's subjective on the play that you do engage in so as not to draw blood, not to create an open wound, not to, what, right? Like whatever it may be and have very strict parameters. Can you follow it in a way that you still get what you want out of it while keeping yourself mentally and physically and emotionally safe? 
that's where I would say to the second part of that question of does it even matter? At that point, I don't think it matters. I think if you're aware of yourself and you're aware of what your personal triggers are and what can take you from, I'm doing this really lovely consensual thing that happens to be a painful sensation to the end that, oh shit, I'm engaging in self-harm in a way that is very unhealthy for me. If you can keep that separate in your mind and you know where that line is or are willing to find out where that line is or willing to stop well short of that line, then it doesn't matter. Um, I do think it might be, in my opinion, better to form a bond with a partner that you feel comfortable explaining this stuff to. Like we're not required to tell our entire personal medical history to every partner we have, but we do have to tell them the things they need to know to keep themselves and us safe, especially if they're the top and they're the ones that are gonna come at us mm. with whatever implement, whatever, whatever, right? Um, so in order to navigate that in a healthier manner for you, it might be important that you develop a strong enough relationship it doesn't have to be loving sexual you're not gonna have to get married to this person like just has to be enough of a relationship and a trust situation where you can confide in them and you can feel confident that they care enough about you to give a shit that they will listen to those things and that they are worthy of being that person that you confide that into that may take a lot longer <laughs> to find that person and develop that relationship to get to the point where you can maybe go a little further in your play and until then you might want to stay on the whatever your personal safe zone side the is line, so to right speak. Yeah. exactly right um so it's complicated. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that you are aware of these questions to ask us or yourself is the biggest first step. And right. um, we'll say, if, in case this person is listening or watching, hi, the book hurts so good. I've written it down. I want to look mm -hmm. it up. And as somebody said, there's a chapter specifically on this. Maybe that would help. Um, but I don't think there's a, a single right answer either. No. I think it's very uh, individualized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay, one last question that was asked in advance and then we'll decide if we'll take a couple questions from the live chat. It says, do we have any bucket list kinks that you're hoping to try at some point in life? Um, and then they have a second question of, when we transitioned from long distance to living together, what changes happened to your relationship, the good and the bad? Um, so do you have any bucket list kinks? Suspension. I hope you find that lovely human being that will allow you to do that with them. <laughs> and I will be the one consensually, if they allow it, and the venue does taking the pictures, it's fine. <laughs> Have a good time. Um, bucket list kinks. I don't think in those terms. That was me sucking my teeth, y'all podcast <laughs> listeners. I'm so sorry. That was like an awful sound I just made. Or it turned somebody on. Everybody's different. <laughs> um, I don't typically think in bucket list kinks. Um, when I think in terms of fantasies, they, I have not fantasized in a long time. Um, they tend to be very sexual with like a lot of power dynamics thrown in. So um group sex lots of penises lots of mask top masculinity kind of that kind of energy yes please but that's not a kink necessarily um i back in the day <laughs> when the old libido let me think of these 
these things because of course my kinks are definitely tied to sex in a lot of ways for me so they it's all it's all together for me um i definitely have had the sort of fantasy of um the kind of public play where and we've done a little bit on this on a very small scale where my bare ass and many doms and tops with impact play you know or being Mm -hmm. the center of a tent i've read way too much way too much kink erotica um one of those situations i don't know what the term is used for because it's been a hundred million years since i even thought about it or read about it one of those situations where you have a submissive or a bottom in the center of something they're strapped to a table they're strapped across they're on a spanking mm-hmm. bench there and then doms and tops just come up and within the boundaries just right. do what they will so there might be mm-hmm. spanking there might be pinching there might be hitting with implements there might be penetration mm. there might be like that that yeah oh Your yeah birthday is coming up <laughs> oh yeah uh it's it's still in fantasy realm but mostly because my trust issues like do you know how hard you'd have to vet that list I know that. I mean, my God, the interview process, <laughs> because it's not just the, are they safe? Do they take consent seriously? Do they have the skills? Like what's their background? I then have to do a vibe check on every fucking one of them. <laughs> not just you doing a vibe check. I got to just walk around and like stand there and go, what's the vibe? <laughs> Blindfold you. That might be better. Ear, that might be better. That would be the ultimate trust exercise. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that kind of, in the realm of fantasy definitely turns me on. I worry that I'm way too anxious of an actual human being to ever allow it to happen, but I would like to, I would like to. Um, yeah, that would be, if there's a bucket list kind of thing, it's it's group public mm-hmm. kind of, I'm like the submissive in the at the bottom of a very toppy pile. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we have, and then the second question that they asked, and yes, it's always fine to, to double up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we transitioned from long distance to living together, what changes happened to your relationship, good and bad? So we have talked about this in past yeah. um, episodes, and I will do my very best to remember to actually link to those both on YouTube and in the show notes page um, where we go into a lot of detail. But I think it's safe to say that absolutely, yes, a lot of things changed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot changed. Uh, definitely, it was nice having her there with and you know on the downside i'm just going to give a quick cliff note um because of being at that point being up close and personal all day every day um (laughs) rds had basically grind to a halt yeah okay there was a notification on my phone i was like is it the habitat folks it is not the habitat yeah. folks <laughs> okay so you know i mean that kind of goes with anything you know there's good and there's bad pros and cons so it was definitely know. one of those situations where as another example of we had plans we thought we knew how this was gonna yeah. go and then yeah. the reality hit us but the reality hit us not because we didn't plan well but because there are things you cannot plan for right uh, and we've talked about this before but just recap and yes we're repeating here y'all will be okay if you don't like story repeaters um first day we moved in our air conditioner went out right um then we had to buy all new furniture then we were just miserable then i was stressed out because i was basically jobless for the first time in my adult life 
And having been the breadwinner of every household I'd been in since I was 21, that was weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so there was a general freak out of, oh my God, I've just ripped up my whole life and moved it uh, 440 yeah. miles south. And also, this is not the picturesque, let's go furniture shopping, let's unpack our boxes that I envisioned. This is yeah, miserable no. because, oh, apparently a little bit further south in Florida is like living on the fucking sun. <laughs> and I don't like being hot. Yes, oh, I'm a Florida on. girl, whatever. So there was the stress of that. And then there was the stress of trying to implement too many changes into our power exchange yeah. way too fast. And it, it all just created this massive clusterfuck of overwhelm and we, put a stop to the power exchange part for a few, not that long, two no. to three weeks, maybe. Maybe. We were supposed to have like one to two weeks of like carefree bliss, like no responsibilities. You had a week off from work. The mm -hmm. kids were at their mm -hmm. grandma's. Like it was supposed to be this, oh, and it was not. It was, <laughs> no. oh, my, oh my God, we need a couch. Oh my God, it's so hot in here. Oh my God, this management company of this apartment complex sucks. Oh my God. Are there bugs in this apartment? Are there rats in this apartment? Oh my, like all, all of it. It uh, was yeah. too much. It was too much. Yeah. And if I, if we had to redo, mm -hmm. I would have been like, you know what? We're not even gonna talk about how our power exchange is gonna change. We're just gonna get moved in and unpacked and get through that first. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But it also, it gave us the proof very early on that we know how to work through problems together, that we yes. can work through problems together. Because in long distance, we had issues we ended up having to work through, but they're very specific to long distance relationships. Like you can't see somebody's face when they're saying something, so you might take their words out of context or you're reading the text of their words so you don't hear their tone. So that can be taken out of context or the timing issues of you were supposed to get off at five and we had a thing planned, but you didn't get out of there till like, some of those issues, they are still issues. The not seeing one another for very long, that's, that is a legit issue. But the problems you face when you live with somebody and you have to look at their face every moment of the day and you don't have your own private corner to go to and you no longer can have privacy, but you're basically together all the time. Those are different problems than you have when you're in a long distance yeah. relationship. And the stressors of what life can be like just living in a place and having a roof over your head. Um, we learned very quickly we can navigate those and that at the core of our relationship, regardless of the kink or the power exchange, we are solid together. And we typically most of the time are on the mm. same page. That was a valuable lesson to learn. Did we oh, have yeah. did we have to learn it on the first two days? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should have had to learn it quite that quickly. No, no. <laughs> but we did and it reiterated, like if I had had any concerns, leftover concerns, uh, uh, was this a good idea? That was van that vanished very quickly yeah. because we worked through issues that were coming up like fucking adults. We talked about it. We stayed calm. We didn't get all judgy. Like things that we could have done based on previous relationships and how we learned to cope in those relationships could have reared their head, but we'd spent 18 months learning how to communicate very effectively. Yes. And then that translated into day-to-day -day life. And that was, that was, I think, the, the thing I needed to kind of go, that's right, this is real. Mm -hmm. And I said a hard thing in a very, very early days when we were supposed to be like in a honeymoon phase. I was like, I cannot do power exchange right now. I cannot do all these right. things. I can't, I'm not functioning. And that was a difficult thing to say when service is your whole spiel in a relationship is like 
service is literally my love language. Please, please mm -hmm. let me take care of you. That's what I do. Um, to say out loud, hey, I know we, we moved in together so we could like do this in real time in person, but I, I need to not. And then the world didn't fall apart. No, it didn't. And then we rebuilt it bigger, better, stronger. Stronger, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So, exactly. Okay. So those are all the questions we got in advance. Thank y'all. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, questions. As a reminder for anybody who's like, oh, but I didn't. We do these in a few different ways throughout the month. We on the third Friday of most months, we do an evening live stream. Uh, on YouTube, here on YouTube. Uh, we take questions during that. Um, so that is always an option. And then we, every single month without fail, do a Q&A for our patrons on Patreon. So that is always an option mm -hmm. if you are so inclined for a, a Patreon membership. You get other things too, but that's one of them. Um, so you might miss out on these that we do every couple of months, but there are other opportunities to ask your questions. And sometimes when I see a question come through when I'm not asking for them and it's like intriguing enough, it becomes its own episode. See the previous two episodes. <laughs> um, so um, do you, are you willing to take like two to three questions? Um, if they're fairly quick, yes. Yeah, if, if we get one that's like a 10, 15 minute answer, we're gonna stop there. Um, so, um, let me tell you how this is gonna work for the YouTube live chat. If you would like to ask a question, um, you need to tag us so we can see it because it lights up our name very, very bright. Um, ask your question. If it is a question that is so in-depth and complicated that you need 85 million text things to, this is not the forum for it. Send me an email. Uh, we'll try to help you at some mm -hmm. point. Um, but otherwise, if it's kind of a basic question, just oh, we got a through. question. Stop. That one doesn't count. <laughs> uh, we, yes, I will answer that. Um, what do you mean it doesn't count? If you spam the chat, we have moderators who are happy to put you in a corner. They're going to get you. We let them. They're going to get uh, you. This is the first unofficial question, but I'll answer it while people have time to type in their question. <laughs> Mr. Spock wants to know, are we doing a live hangout this month? Yes. yes. That's the last thing we're doing before we go on our break. Correct. Uh, we did that on purpose. We timed it that way on purpose. So Friday, September 16th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. We tend to stay around until midnight. Lately, they've gotten me to go longer. And then I have... Uh, wind in my very adorable baby girl way to keep JB going longer. We take <laughs> questions during those. So yes, that is, that is coming. Um, so, um, and then this is an unofficial question, but it mentioned Patreon. So I'll answer it too. Debbie asked about messaging on Patreon for questions. Uh, if you are a patron of ours, um, yes, that is a good place to message. Not for these, but that is how we take questions mm -hmm. for our monthly Q and A in Patreon. And then I prioritize Patreon DMs. Um, because if you help me pay my mortgage, I will answer your question faster than <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> so, um, but for this purpose right here, while we're still live and recording, mm -hmm. you just ask in live chat. Yeah. Um, I am waiting for the 
the people who are coming to pick up our donations to let me know they're on their way. Mm -hmm. If they are indeed on their way. I hope so. Uh, So, I'm very glad so far, knock on wood, you have not had to jump up and run. No, uh, me too. It's really a five minute thing. Once you get the garage door up, they will load up their nice little truck and then they'll be gone. Mm -hmm. And it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. What else while we wait to see if there's any questions? I'm going to give it a couple more minutes. If we don't get questions, then we'll just wrap it up. It's okay to not have questions. It really is. It's we I like to do this because I know that people from time to time have questions Mm -hmm. and I want to and I know I'm not answering DMs. Um, I don't I don't look at Twitter DMs. I almost never look at Instagram DMs. Um, I'm behind on looking at FetLife DMs. My emails Patreon DM is top priority. Email is next, then FetLife. Um, and I know people have questions. I, I don't. I have learned. Mm-hmm. I'm not answering the questions that's Googleable. I'm tired of somebody going, but what does BDSM mean? <coughs> what is a power exchange relationship? I mean, those are fair questions, but us, no, no. Those are questions I know that you could get decent answers if you just Googled it. I'm not. Let's see, I'm B- not. What is B- Burgers? No, nope. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not witty enough to come up with something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-mm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the 17 year old clearly made themselves lunch, and now I can smell it, and it smells delicious, and I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, Ben, who I'm so glad to see you uh, again, uh, <laughs> is a snarky thing, is a sassy thing, <laughs> says a sassy person. How many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon? It's an unknowable, unanswerable yeah. question. We'll have to try it and see. It's one of those ones. No. <laughs> no. Is that how high does my blood sugar have to rise? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Davey has a question. Mm-hmm. What's our opinion on formality? For example, always calling a sub slave or any label when a command is made. Do you two always use titles or the understanding of your place? I think that means is enough. Um, the My opinion on formality is that it is a personal choice. If right. it feels right for you and it makes you happy to do and it works with your power exchange, do it. Um, I like that we are a lot more uh, informal. I can almost mm-hmm. always tell how serious you are in a request, demand, command when you tack on a baby girl to it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, it, it all depends what you want. Um, you know, there was a time uh, high protocol was very important to me. Mm-hmm. Was it important to you because it felt right or because it was what you thought was how, um, quote, it, supposed to be? It felt right and it was what I knew. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, at that time it was what I knew and understood. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went with. You know, plus I and was... then had, you met me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because then, um, too, I was, you know, also influenced by the Gore books at that time. Sure. So, you know, but, um, yeah, I I mean, uh, are there times I miss it? Sure. But I I like what we have, you know, with the fun and the Mm -hmm. the, uh, never-ending sass and... 
you signed up for it. Yeah, I've never hidden this yeah, from you. That's true. Even when we tried a more formal setup, there was still some sass yeah. sprinkled in. Oh, yeah. And my first power exchange relationship, there was a, a certain hierarchy formality to it. There was very much a heavy use of titles and um, and labels. Um, and it was my first time and there was a, a definite uh, sense of sub frenzy. So I didn't question it. I was like, I am getting to be this person that I am for the first time ever in a very official kind of way, a negotiated way. I'm here for however we're doing this. Mm-hmm. What I know now about myself is that it would not have, it would never have worked long term to stay that serious and that formal um, for me because it, looking at it now, feels like I'm playing a part or inhabiting a role. And role play is my anti kink. <laughs> like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, I want to be who I am and have power exchange fit that. I do not mm-hmm. want to change who I am to fit power exchange. So um, I tend to use your title um, when I'm feeling my very baby girlist self mm-hmm. um, or when I need you to know that I'm making the ask from a submissive place, not your partner in life kind of headspace. Um, but if I had to be called by my title every moment of every day when there was a command to be issued, a request to be made or whatever, uh, it would lose its meaning for me. And it, I mean, cause you don't call me by, first of all, I don't like it when you call me by my actual name, but you don't call me, you know, by my name all the time no, either. I don't. You know, we were very informal. I know when I know, because I know you, the difference between, a request that I can choose to say no thank you to or not, which I can do that with a, a power exchange you kind of mm-hmm. command too, of course. But I know the difference when you ask me for a thing that is fully my choice and not coming from right. a, a dom place versus when you are. I don't need I don't need the addition of my title to know that. Right. And I think that for me, if I had to hear that all the time, it would I would not enjoy that. And it would start to feel like a role that I'm almost like a mm-hmm. suit I'm wearing. And then I, it's not natural to who I am. And then I'm going to lose a lot of enjoyment out of it. I'm going to lose a lot of the naturalness. Mm-hmm. That is not true for other people. And that's okay. And some people right. need to hear the title to be in the headspace. And I think that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that we do not have that. Now there are, and I also think for me, there are times when you'll pull out a term for me in just the right moment and it has a bigger impact. Oh yeah, yeah especially mid scene. Mm-hmm. Oh Lordy, there's a tone, there's oh, a yeah. look, there's a word. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I know who I am in this mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. Now, okay. would I be like that with other people? Probably, because I feel like I'm old and set in my ways now. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe with different people I'd have a different experience. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, question from maddie um realistically do you think i think hp is high protocol can be maintained with everyday life jobs families etc uh do you know of any couple who does it i I think it requires a a very strong commitment to the the rules and protocols Mm -hmm. and the the understanding that each partner has of what the expectations are that was what i wanted expectations Uh, do i think the vast majority of people can do it no 
I think they're mm-hmm. like anything. Well, there are people who can, but I think they're the exception, not the rule. It's it's like anything else. I mean, there there are um, you know couples who do maintain a, a, a master slave relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like the micromanaged, the, the micromanaged yeah. type. You know, and and it works for them. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's what they want. If it's something that you really want, you find a way to make it work. Right, and I think also I th- I think there's a little bit of a um, a reality check of um, just because you're not following a specific structure twenty four seven doesn't mean it's not always there. What I mean by that is you may have a uh, you may negotiate a very high protocol power exchange. That then when, you know, a child wakes you up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you don't follow it to the letter because it doesn't make sense for the situation. Right. That doesn't mean you're not high protocol. It means that it has to be fluid to account for reality. We consider ourselves 24-7 DS and it's not because every moment of my day is dictated by our power exchange. It's because of how we relate to one another every moment of every day. It's how we think about one another every moment of every day. And I think to some extent, a high protocol relationship can probably function very much the same way. Maybe because there's, you know, the plumber or a small child standing in the kitchen I can't use the specific terms I would normally use. It's a choice that some people Mm. make in a high protocol situation, but I can have the mindset. I can follow the activities. I can do other things. And I think you're still high protocol, even if it's not, you know, you're not following it every moment of every day. And I think that there's, there's a bit of an all or nothing thinking sometimes with certain types of, with any dynamic, but certain types of dynamics. It's like saying to a little, well, you have to, you know, use your your grown-up voice and go have, you know, be at your job right now. Are, are you just no longer little? Well, of course not. You know, you're, you're putting on a different persona, but inside you're still who you are. I think kind of to some extent, relationship dynamics like high protocol can be that way as well. Um, but for, for people to maintain high protocol, like the, the rules and the expectations of their dynamic, regardless of, of what else in life is happening in the moment, I think that's extremely rare. I think those people exist, but they're not the rule. They're the exception to the rule. Um, another, we got several coming in. Um, mm-hmm. an- one last question. Let make this the last one. I know, because you're yes. doing that sigh thing and that jaw clench thing you do when you're done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one is from Madison. How have you dealt with drops and libido while still having a desire for kink play? My daddy very much associates kink with sex, and I feel like I'm being selfish if I'm asking for impact without putting out. So, Um, For me, while kink is very much a part of my sexual self, we Mm -hmm. have dealt with this very directly because (laughs) we barely have sex, but we're starting to make kink activity more of a a priority without the sex. Um, uh, Impact play is where I have learned that I can have a kink activity and it, I might, maybe if I'm lucky, Maybe I might have a sexual feeling around it, but it won't lead to sex. It won't be about sex. Um, It won't be erotic necessarily. Sometimes it's just a very functional, like, please hit Mm -hmm. me with something. That would be great. We would both Mm -hmm. enjoy this. Um, And how we deal with it. I don't think we ever had a discussion about it. I think part of it is because of how we have, since the beginning of our relationship, how we've seen 
kink scenes sometimes led into sex, right. but they didn't always lead didn't into always, sex. Didn't always, no. So we already have the experience of we can have a kink scene and the end result does not have to be sex. There's got to be a desire for that to try mm -hmm. it. And then I think there's just an adjustment. It's just, it's not that you're incapable, somebody's incapable necessarily of doing it. It's that they're not used to it. And they have an association in their head that one leads to the other. If they're willing and they have to be willing mm -hmm. <laughs> to just do impact play and not right. take it to whatever that next natural, air quote that step might have been for you in your relationship, then you, over time train your brain to make a different association. Um, any guilt you might feel about, oh, we're doing this thing and it's not leading to the next thing it usually led to, that is a thing to definitely work on. That is that is a you thing, as long as your partner is not actually trying to make you feel guilty. The way I got over sort of a little bit of that guilt, again, we had already had enough years of experience where we didn't automatically A and then B, right? Um, was to remind myself and ask you directly. So I got, mm -hmm. I heard it from you. Are you getting anything out of this? Even though we're not having sex, are you enjoying yourself? That's all I need. Yes, if you're, yes. Right, if you're having a good time, <laughs> just, you know, wailing on my ass, then you're having a good mm -hmm. time. Um, and I have to, I have to then let that be enough. I don't need to second guess. And, and I use mm -hmm. my submissive mindset there. If my daddy says that this is what it is and I say it isn't and countermand him, am I being my most submissive self? No, he's told me what it is. I need to accept that. That's an outward thing. Sometimes you don't internally accept it. You go, mm -hmm. you still question, you still doubt, you still wonder, but from a power exchange, like just on a surface level power exchange, my daddy said, this is the way it is. So therefore this is the way it is to him. I'm not going to um, negate that because he's the decider. He's the big D. He said, he's having a good time. I have to accept that. And so that's the, if you're not having that conversation with your partner, that's the conversation to have. Are they getting something out of it? Are they getting the, the pleasure of do, the impact? Are they getting a sense of connection? Are they just happy to be in the fucking room with you with your ass hanging out in front of them? Sometimes that's enough. And it's okay mm -hmm. that that's enough. We, many of us have been conditioned culturally and societally that um, when you do an intimate thing with a partner, if it doesn't lead to sex, there's a failure. We also culturally and societally have a very strict definition of what sex is. And I'm, there's a lot of people who are, who don't fit that definition and be like, no, 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 I have sex. It just don't look like that. So teaching yourself to view these things differently can be very helpful in all, all kinds mm -hmm. of places. I am at this point, my libido is so fucking dried up. There's tumbleweeds. I don't care about whether I'm having sex or not. And I feel kind of, I feel kind of uh, about that because when I'm feeling my sexual self, I'm a highly sexual person. You'll be tired of me, okay? What I miss is connection. And if I can mm -hmm. get the connection through kink play and not have to think about sex, then I'm happy to do it that way right. because that's what I want. So how you deal with it is gonna be unique to you, but talk to your partner. If they're getting something from it, even if it's different than what they used to, then you gotta believe them. If they tell you I'm enjoying myself and I wanna be doing this. Uh, so you have to retrain yourself um, and teach yourself and do the internal work to let go of the guilt. And then also we've all, most of us who, people who aren't already there need to learn and reteach ourselves that um, 
the ultimate outcome of an intimate moment with a partner does not have to lead to sex. And what the hell even is sex? Um, because it's not just penetration, <laughs> you know, and many people know that, especially in the king community, but enough of us come into it with, with the old societal norms that that's what we were raised with. And so then when we don't meet those norms, you have that momentary, uh, am I doing this wrong kind of thing? And then libido being what it is, especially with long-term heterosexual couples or seemingly heterosexual couples, like we put a huge value on that. Fuck that. The value is in the connection between you. However you get to that connection, that's enough. And for me, I like it when that connection is your bare hand on my bare ass. I'm very sad go. for two two weeks in a row we didn't get that. No, we'll have to make so, up for it next week. All right. <sighs> there are lots of questions here, and we did not answer them all. And I just want to remind you, the third Friday, September 16th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll do mm -hmm. a, a live stream, and we'll have a section for questions. I am so sorry that my notifications <laughs> are going off. I only need to keep it because I need the I need to know if they call. Um, right. Sorry, I apologize. Um, so thank you for y'all's questions. We mm -hmm. hope we entertained and or helped. Both is always good. If we did one, not the other, I'll call that a success. Um, we try to do these kinds of Q and A's every couple months, um, especially right before we go on a break because we like to take take some time off um, of thinking of topics, not time off, but yeah. we like to do that too. What are words? I, they're all jumbled now. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> okay. So sorry. So we're going to stop now and yes. do a very brief bonus section. Are we good? Uh, probably not, but sure. <laughs> Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all. We'll see you next week. Oh, my gosh. Daddy. Can I talk to the crickets, please? Go ahead. Okay. I need to get up and stretch for a minute. Okay, thank you. I need to know what the seventh year I was making for lunch. It smells delicious. I'm starving now. Um, bonus section stuff. I thought there was something I was going to tell you, and I have drawn a blank, and JB has just wandered off <laughs> and left me here. Uh, what's going on with us? Uh... I don't know. I don't. Oh, we had to get our garage door fixed this morning. It broke over the weekend. A spring broke. They came out at like eight o'clock this morning, like 30, 45 minutes later, they were done and gone. Um, that was wonderful. We were having to manually like open up our garage door, which is not the worst thing in the world because we're, we're physically able to do it, but it's a double garage door. So it was fucking heavy. Uh, and JB very quickly went, no, we're not doing this all the time. We're going to get this fixed. Um, which has now spurred on a whole bunch of let's do things around the house that we have put off and that have we've put off so long they've gone from minor annoyance to seriously fucking annoying if we don't fix this i will scream um so welcome to home ownership y'all um garage door was first then we have to call you're going to call tomorrow the appliance people because our ice maker and our refrigerator has never worked right and we yep. had a plumber out ages ago and they did what they could do it still doesn't work right and we physically just go buy ice from an ice place 
every couple of weeks and it's ridiculous. We just need to get the damn thing fixed. But we did decide that if they say, oh, this is just a defect in this one and like you can't, I can't fix it. It's buy a new fridge. That's not an option. We're gonna probably get one of those countertop ice maker things. We go through a lot of ice. Like every drink I drink, every drink I drink will have ice in it because I only drink two to three hot cups hot cups of coffee in a given year and mm-hmm. maybe one or two cups of hot chocolate <laughs> maybe and only in the depths of winter which our winter lasts for about two weeks so um no i we need ice around here the kids are the same way you're the only one that consistently drinks a, a single cup yeah. of hot coffee a day mm-hmm. ice is important yeah silent so. wink said ice ice cube trays yes that would be the simple solution we would have to have the way we go through ice in this family between the four of us the freezer would have to be nothing but ice cube trays it's it's bad yeah. i mean there's a good there's a possibility what what we told ourselves for a long time is oh we just use more ice than this maker can keep up with but then we finally like we're around other people's refrigerators all of us and we're like wait it's yeah. keeping up with this so mm-hmm. ours should mm-hmm. keep up so it's just an annoyance we're gonna we're gonna deal with it and then we talked about this over the weekend uh, the patreon q a talk about it here we bought this house knowing that the shower in our bathroom (laughs) did not have a working shower door uh what they had had half a door it had half a door the actual (laughs) door was gone what the previous owners had done is they popped up a shower rod curtain rod and a shower curtain and we had told ourselves upon moving, oh, we'll get this sorted because we were mm-hmm. doing some stuff in the bathroom. Well, we did what lots of people do when they move in. We did not get it sorted. So we have now lived here two and a half years, give almost close to, uh, we've never fixed the shower door and still been using shower curtains. And it's beyond annoying because now with our new AC system, um, <laughs> yeah. more powerful airflow, the sh- because of where the vent is in the ceiling, the shower curtain literally blows in on you. Yeah. The, it, oh my God. And I have this squeamish thing about wet, cold stuff touching me when I'm <laughs> like in the shower. Like, I don't like See, it. That doesn't bother. I just find it annoying as hell. And it is annoying. <laughs> and then if, if you're like us and you don't like, uh, because we pay nice people to do good work, our house is clean, but like there's little things that you should clean like, a lot and they don't get clean quite as much as they should they're not yeah. completely gross but they're not pristine and the shower curtain is one of them and then it touches me and i'm like i just washed that part of my body and now that thing touch oh god so we prior to uh, recording today we're on both the home depot and the lowe's site uh trying to find what kind of shower door at what kind of price are we willing to pay and watching youtube videos on <laughs> how do we do this <laughs> yeah so that's also on our our project list is any of that kinky or about our power exchange no except our power exchange permeates everything so when it's time to install things my job is to hand the tool or to prop the thing or to be a support your job is to direct the whole fucking thing and i just do what the hell you say <laughs> so ah uh, so yeah our whole our life right now is about home upkeep maintenance doing things yeah. that we should have done a couple years ago but we just just didn't for different reasons um and it's all happening all at once and i feel like i should be a lot more stressed about it because it's not like individually they're they're not overly expensive like one if it was just one it'd be like okay that kind of sucks but it's not the end of the world we're just trying to do like four or five things all at one time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we let it go too fucking long and that's not even to mention the fact that that same bathroom 
no longer and has not since we painted the walls doesn't have a mirror over the vanity so if i want to do anything that involves looking at myself in the bathroom i either have to crane my neck and look at the teeny tiny mirror from the medicine cabinet or i gotta go over to like the back of the bedroom and we hadn't even talked about that yet because that's one of those projects of, well, we can't put a mirror in until we get a new vanity because we know the vanity is gonna be higher, but we don't know quite how much higher just yet. So it wouldn't make sense to get a mirror that might not fit after the new vanity. Oh, but the vanity, we don't wanna get a vanity right now because we wanna replace the floors. <laughs> oh, the floors. And round and round Was I watching go. videos over the weekend on how to install tile into a bathroom? Yes, I was. Uh, did I have to promise somebody that I would not broach that subject with him until after the holidays <laughs> yes i did <laughs> so yeah our our focus right now is all homeowner yeah. stuff that's yeah. just like i mean never mind uh the kinkery the kinkery.com our uh shop that we love and adore and are working really hard to like turn into a thing has to have an entire website rebuild from the inside out at the same time all this other stuff is going on yeah i Run screaming from the room yet? I feel like that's the win. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's uh, that's growth right there. I'm just smiling through it all. Uh, now in the live chat, we have started the great debate over ice. Let I... me tell you, the superior ice is the Sonic ice. It is the soft little nuggety ice. That is the best. Any any place that has ice similar to that, I think Chick Fil A has that ice. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. A couple other fast food places that some Wawa comes close. Wawa has that ice. That nugget, soft, like just it's a great chew feeling in the mouth. Oh, I am an ice eater from way back. I absolutely was raised on the don't crunch your ice, you're gonna break your teeth. I don't know if that's true or an old wives tale. I crunched my ice, my mother would go, insert legal name here, I told you not to eat ice, you're gonna hurt your teeth. And I would look her dead in the fucking eyes and bite down. Uh, I <laughs> Truly, frankly, if I ate more ice, I would probably eat less potato chips. It's the crunch. You know how sometimes I'm like, I need, I don't, it's not a food I wanna eat. It's not a flavor I want. I want the crunch and I gravitate. I could gravitate towards carrots, I'm aware. I go to potato chips because potato chips are fucking delicious. Thank you, sour cream and onion is the superior flavor of potato chip. Uh, there is no debate. I am not taking comments at this time. Uh, but <laughs> ice is what I used to chew on because as a kid, as a chubby kid, I had no real access to potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> which I know why now, because I cannot be trusted with No, she cannot. And, and that explains a whole lot. I need the good I mean, ice. You know, every once in a while, I enjoy a Pop-Tart. I do. I, I like a Pop-Tart. Mm -hmm. And the way the boys eat Pop-Tarts, it's like the Pop-Tart is all three food groups combined into one. Well, there's it's a grain. Uh, it has yeah. a fruit flavor. See? That's fruit. See? Uh, it's bound together with some kind of milk product. That's dairy. Yeah. I'm sure so, an egg was used. So in order for me to, on occasion, have a Pop-Tart when I am in the mood for it, mm -hmm. I've had to start a secret stash. Mm -hmm. So when she goes shopping, I'll pop open the box, take one, two, and I'll hide them. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to start doing that with potato chips, too. <laughs> 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 when we but it explains a lot I've, the crunch and the ice matters but <laughs> our ice maker does not make that kind of ice it's a standard 
refrigerator ice maker. The ice we buy to supplement our sad little ice maker in our refrigerator just is not that kind of ice. Um, I'm not going to Sonic or Wawa every fucking day. Even I'm not that ridiculous. Yeah. And I've gotten out of the habit of eating ice because I'm a grown ass lady with a car and a bank account. I can go buy potato chips. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I do. Once a week we buy potato chips. Um, as a family, we go through a party sized bag of potato chips once a week because they feature in movie night. But who needs to crunch? And once the bag is open, it's like, well, they're fair game. Everybody got what they wanted. Uh, yeah. I now get to munch on these chomp chomp. I need ice. Yeah. So if we just and could make the soft nuggety ice, I wouldn't eat potato chips so much. That's and fair. and you know, um, silent and the thing with the thing with the ice with the buying the ice we have within a mile of the house there is one of those ice machines and for two dollars we get 20 pounds of ice and which how quickly do we go through 20 pounds of ice fairly quick very quick you know um very quick probably every three weeks we have to buy ice again less than that less than that. and actually we um we don't refill our ice machine we try to supplement what it, the, the maker makes through the refrigerator on its own. And so we can stretch it, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, homeowner problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. so yeah, but yeah, I've solved the mystery. If you want me to eat less potato chips, I need the good, good ice. And I will crunch the shit out of that. Will I be drinking more Diet Coke? Yes, but I will be eating less potato chips. I also think I'd like one of those soda stream maker things. No. Because then I can make my own diet soda. No. No. You're uh, pushing it. <laughs> I know. We don't have the counter space anyway. <laughs> pushing it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. where what we have had have had going on this week. We've had work stuff, but that's just, you know, stuff. Um mostly home stuff yeah it comes in waves like this like mm -hmm. we'll focus a lot on work and then the house stuff is like bitch you should have yeah. taken care of this six months ago and we're like okay well mm -hmm. i'll focus mm -hmm. on this now and that's where we're at yeah so now we're just waiting on them to show up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've got no messages so not yet i guess we should go yep yeah, you you got that impatient. Kind I do. Of twitch I, going. I I still have a lot to do today, and I'm yeah. Soon I'll be a road warrior, yeah. going to fetch boy. Yeah. So. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're done. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Mm -hmm. Glad you could be here. Thanks for your questions. If you mm -hmm. ask, thanks for staying to the bitter end. If you can still hear the sound of our voice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Thanks for mm -hmm. thanks for everything. We appreciate you a we lot, do. a lot, a lot. So mm -hmm. um, we're going to go. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye.